Greetings ladies and gentlemen both in Zimbabwe and around the world my name is Steve or you can call me Captain Steve and I'm with uh, Jerry the Chartered Vendor it's Jerry Monyazungu the Chartered Vendor welcome oh, yes. guys uh, thank you for supporting us thank you for supporting my book I'm happy with the feedback which I'm getting uh, the book is selling huh? Yeah, it's selling. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, if you're wondering why these two gentlemen are in front of you, we basically created the, this podcast to give you information on the trends that are happening in the market so that as a business leader or an aspiring business leader, you can always get up-to-date information on the market analysis to make you help you decide uh, on what course of action to take within your business for the best. Yeah. And Jerry, last time we were talking about exporting to, to Europe. Yeah. So yeah, I'll link down a longer article on uh, in the description. You can check it out in the description of this YouTube video. But there's an organization called Quima, Q I M A. Okay. It's based in Europe. Yeah. So basically what they do is they help our Zimbabwean farmers to ship their products, their fresh produce to Europe. Yeah. So part of the requirements of shipping to Europe is that you need to have a representative from uh, Europe who helps you with compliance issues making sure that uh, your your product is checked per spec you know we put our oh, okay. the, the, those are uh, what you call them the ingredients yeah, exactly. some of the preservatives that we yeah, use yeah, yeah. yeah they need to be compliant with the EU regulations, EU regulations and expectations yeah. yeah so since you are in Africa in Zimbabwe you, there's no way you could go and knock in their compliance offices so they give you an agent who helps you and of course they make a commission out of the transaction when everything is sorted so they literally help you out in getting whatever you produce tomatoes onions garlic ginger whatever you name it mm. i would link down the, the 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 article on the in the description so that they can check it out in detail okay oh, that's great so what's the relationship between probably uh just to understand because i know that most of the people want to export they end up registering with uh, zim trade yeah of course because uh, who who is actually accepted with zim trade because what i know is uh, most of the people are farmers, people are actually probably younger, they are doing their, their apples in Wonde Valley, they are doing their bananas, their thoughts is just sending those bananas to Barium But what, what about if we just start sending that banana into Britain? Yeah. What about if we start sending that apple into Britain? And at one point, I still remember that uh, we used to supply uh, beef uh, to the Queen of England yeah, we used sometime. To. Uh, I don't know right now, but we used to do that. So we are saying this is an opportunity, especially with Brexit. Mm -hmm. Since uh, Britain is looking for new uh, suppliers, they're looking for new markets, since they no longer rely mm -hmm. on the Euro European Union treaties. Mm -hmm. So uh, what is really required? What can Is it for a farmer? Is it for people who are only registered? Because I, I noticed that there are a lot of uh, Zim trade uh, uh, seminars, conferences which are usually done some of them do, are they the ones who actually facilitate in terms of people probably showcasing on trade fairs in zambia trade fairs in malawi etc so yeah zim trade has got uh, the mandate to to pull together all those people who are willing to export outside and one of their issues that they've always highlighted is a number of uh, it's an issue to do with numbers we got to deal with volumes. Exactly. So they always uh, encourage people to collaborate and put your product, your yield together so that it's in significant quantities okay. to export. The, 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 you know, exporting is not, it's, it's lucrative in it's terms lucrative, of the profits. Exactly. But then the expenses involved in exporting, it's, they're also high. It's not so true. you realize that it's a, it's a, it's a numbers game. You got to push the numbers to have more uh, of, your, of your yield exported. So you can form 
you can organize yourselves. We come from Watsomba. Yeah. You know, it's a rich market for my bananas yeah. and stuff. So we could get those individual farmers, bundle them up into a group of farmers. Maybe they can form a cooperative. Yeah. Then we can register it at MNJ. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then they form the cooperative and then they put their bananas together. So instead of having maybe two bags of uh, bananas, they now, they, have trucks. they now have trucks of bananas. And they're also partners, uh, companies have partnered with ZimTrade, like I know Vital Logistics along Segerot, mm. they've partnered with uh, ZimTrade. They facilitate the refrigeration of such products for shipment to countries like the, 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 the Great Britain. The Great Britain. Yeah. Okay. So those are some of the nitty-gritties that we need. But for more information, you can always get it on yeah, the, we can the ZimTrade website. Uh, we website. also probably try to also write a blog about this. About that one, but yeah. But what, what we just need, probably doing consultants and talking to companies, what I noticed is most of our entrepreneurs, they lack exposure. Like uh, They do. If someone is just coming from a certain job, they were doing some, a job, probably was an executive at, at a certain company, then probably through, uh, probably people were laid out, is now in an employment and they thought of starting a small business. Mm. That business, before they know it, is now growing. But they don't know now in terms of actually scaling that business, probably for it to be international, mm. for it to be, we've got brilliant ideas, but in terms of scaling now. Scaling, yeah. And as you're also mentioning Zim Trade, it means when someone is now thinking of exporting, they're not thinking big, they're not thinking. And, but what I also noticed is, uh, I noticed small companies joining uh, the likes of uh, thinking about exporting mm. before they even satisfy the local market. The local market. market, yeah. Yeah, I think I noticed a lot of companies probably, if you've ever experienced uh, these companies who, actually, who are also supplying dry fruits. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, yeah. I, 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 I ate uh, some, some of them, they're actually doing dried uh, uh, sugar cane. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, Delicious, I want... a mm-hmm. good product, which mm-hmm. can even, I think that product is, can be competitive on the local market. But now mm-hmm. it depends on how you are also marketing your product out mm-hmm. there. Do people really know if this product is in existence? I was actually shocked. Mm-hmm. Dried bananas, delicious, yeah, excellent delicious. product, which you can eat at any time. You can enjoy your banana. Well, Stephen, if it's off-season or mm-hmm. it's on-season, this is something which is really, really excellent. And But these companies now, what I notice, they go and join to Those export. To they export want to export. Before but they... the local market, do they even know about them? No. If they if they actually set aside the whole local market for them to import, to start exporting. So it's a quandary and it's a problem for them. And Yeah, indeed. What I just want to encourage the entrepreneurs to say, let us try to market our product local first. Because if something is accepted local, it's, it's, it's powerful. Like if my, probably if my book is accepted local, it's easy for me to launch that book probably in Zambia, to launch it in Malawi. Because why? They can easily, they've got a reference. Mm-hmm. They've got many references back home. Mm-hmm. And also, I think in Zimbabwe also a multirational. Uh, we've got a multirational, we've got people who are staying in Borodell, CPT, we've got many people of different colors. So if you notice them, they're accepting a product. It means it's also being competitive on the international yeah, market. That's that's true. Yeah. And also part of the, the ignorance that comes with the, the business leaders or the entrepreneurs of our day is that most of the, the entrepreneurs that we have, they are self-made business people. Exactly. They are birthed out of uh, the economic pains. Exactly. Right? So they've got excellent products, but the product placement, the distribution, the marketing, it's off because they lack some of the fundamentals, the basics, yeah. the basics that need to carry them in order for their businesses to survive. So, so what can be done? 
I think we need to to have more of the seminars, more of this podcast, and more of workshops, and uh, partner with organizations like the Small to Medium Enterprises Development uh, Committee. No, uh-huh. That one or organization, I'm not sure, but it deals with small yeah, small SMEs, to medium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think we need to also partner them so that we can disseminate some of this information because really it's so sad when you see someone with a great product, they quickly jump into the export market before they're even ready for it. And then they they, they close down. Yeah, and uh, usually in the international market is harsh because they're now competing yeah. with uh, big giants. International brands, yeah. So when you are disappointed there, do you have where you can actually say, I'll come back home and do this product? So I think we've got excellent products. I, mm-hmm. When I was in Bulawa, I noticed people are doing rubber. People are doing all sorts of... rubber producers in Yeah, rubber manufacturers. I noticed it was my first time seeing rubber being manufactured. And... Wow. Uh, Starting from scratch, and people were manufacturing rubber to supply even the soles. Actually, that company is Omega Industries, and they said they even supplied the president of Zimbabwe with one of his soles. Uh, wow. The shoe is actually wearing. Okay. So, if we've got people who are doing or doing it like that, and they're even saying they're boosting and saying, even other companies are actually coming to them to buy their their rubber, mm-hmm. and it's not only shoes. We're talking of rub of those mines are uh, like you know rubber is demanded on almost even in any car there's mm. rubber they can do that so it's a zimbabwean company which needs to be supported for it to be competitive yes, internationally yes. and they need these guys they need training these mm. guys they need exposure because we're just talking of someone probably has just graduated from what from college yeah from college or someone who's just graduated you notice it being done by big companies way back mm. or big companies because most of the companies you notice that when uh was it murray and roberts it's mm. now masimba construction yeah yeah so when you notice a big company a giant like murray and roberts it leaves zimbabwe it means there are going to be a thousand construction companies trying to fill that space and some of them they are not organized some of them they don't have they don't even know what's supposed to be done because most of the people what i notice they know what is supposed to be done on the operation side mm. but they struggle with the admin side that's why even right now, if you're going to say, uh, what do you need the tax clearance for? People will be like, ah, I need it for, ah, no, Zimra. They think that Zimra is just there. Oh, they, to get their money. They get their money, you get it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> thank you, Steve. I think uh, we'll actually join each other after the break. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for watching. Absolutely. Welcome back. If you are joining us just now, this is a podcast where we get to talk about the latest trends in the markets, giving you information that will help you propel your businesses forward. And Jerry, before we went for a break, mm. you were explaining something interesting to me. But I've, I've got a follow-up question for mm. you. Mm. Uh, what, what do you think about us exporting our, our products out there when we haven't serviced the local market? How are the dynamics set? Should we create a great product and then we export it before we service the local? Or we should start by servicing the local market, get enough leverage and until people out there start demanding for our product and then we export. What's the right time to export? Yeah, thank you so much. I think I'll give you an example, but this was a guy who actually exported his services, not a product. Okay. There's a guy called Buffalo Soldier, if uh, you know him. Yeah, he's, a musician. he's a musician. Yeah. That guy was very big at one point in South Africa to the extent that 
I think he was voted one of the best dancer in, 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 in one of he got an award in Africa. Mm -hmm. But just because he didn't have a stronger bass at home, mm -hmm. it kind of starts right now is a bit of an on a decline in terms of the popularity. I thought that guy was going to give even um Benna Boy. Mm -hmm. It was at that stage at one point. Mm -hmm. But because you don't have stronger support at Back home, home yeah. it's going to be very difficult for you to to start doing things out there just just get i'll, I'll give you an example of burner boy mm. he's loved he's supported in nigeria mm -hmm. the, the the people who supported him who are still supporting him the most mm -hmm. are the nigerians themselves yeah they do. he's supported by the africans then later on now he's now exporting that service into europe and when he's getting into europe there are also africans who are going to support going him to first support him, yeah. africans who are also friends with the europeans who actually go to his show in, in numbers because why his base is strong. So these are services. So even if it's a product, like I've written this book, if it cannot be supported locally, how is it going to be really supported internationally? Yes, there are scenarios which are that there are rare scenarios whereby a product can be successful outside. Outside. But like uh, probably there are people who do I've noticed one of my shout out to my sister Sandra Ndebele. Uh, she does, you know, those crafts, those animals, small animals you do, like uh, those arts, you know, yeah, those yeah. small elephants. They, yeah, she exported, she actually exports this probably to Dubai, to, to China. Mm -hmm. And that's what she does as well, besides music. And she was saying they really do well. But she was also saying if you go with those products at Vic Falls, they also do very, very well, but internationally, they bought it at, what? at a bigger price. Mm -hmm. But I strongly think that if the local people are not accepting that product, yes, they are products which are mainly probably for the international market only, mm -hmm. but it's different from a product which needs, yes, I know that people in America, they will read books better than people in Africa. That's true, yeah. But if my book is not going to be accepted here, Yes, it can be accepted internationally, but I don't have a strong base. Mm -hmm. My foundation is weak. Mm -hmm. The moment the international community is just going to say, I no longer want to read this product, this product is a mess, it simply means I don't have way to run. It's better for me to run back at home. Mm -hmm. Then I can get that, uh, that strength. That's why you notice even when I was talking about music, Jar Praiser, your Wikidees, they're strong. They've got a strong base at home. At home. Mm. So it's easy for them if they go into, if they're rejected internationally, they can come easily back come back home and do shows. Yeah, yeah, but when true. you are rejected at home, it's going to be very difficult, difficult for you to yeah. be exposed. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually true, especially I've noticed in the, in the music scene that artists who are based in the diaspora, they, they do quite well in the diaspora, but when they come home to do shows, the turnout is usually low, very, very low. Yeah. But well, let's move on to. There's another interesting facet of business. Like if you were you were mentioning about uh, Sandra Debele exporting the arts and craft and whatnot, whatnot. Sometimes we can have a business or an entrepreneur who has noticed that their kind of product is not appreciated at home because people don't have a need for it. Mm. You know, Africa is very bountiful of resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes you can find that your market is in another country exactly. based on the fact that there is a lack of that particular product or service uh, as compared to back home. Mm. So in that regard, we can say someone has a better chance of surviving yeah, outside. Exactly. Like I'll give you an example for, for blueberries. Mm. 
do you buy blueberries <laughs> at your place? No, so no, no, no. I've never, I, I'll I've be honest, never, I've, I've tasted <laughs> them, but I've never bought them home. But there's a huge demand for them outside. outside yeah. So in, that, in such cases, I think a business can actually leverage off international support more than local. Exactly, even when you're talking of your probably your gold, your, mm. your diamonds, mm. there's no way they're going to be processed in, uh, in Zimbabwe. Mm. Most of them, they're processed outside. internationally. And mm. internationally, we've got many consumers of jewelry in the international market. But I think we are supposed... Do we have a jewelry company in Zimbabwe? Yeah, we, we actually do. One, one, one of them is, uh, is an extension of uh, Arabiz. Arabiz, yeah, yeah. Uh, Arix Jewelers or something. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they try to, to make some some stuff, but well, I've, I've, I've heard that the diamonds that they use, um, they are, they're polished outside. Yeah. But the gold, they, they, they make it here, they process it here with the, the Fidelity gold refineries and stuff. But then for the, the diamond, I was told, they, they actually get it polished outside. And also, do we really have an appetite for, <laughs> for, jewelry. for jewelry? But I was shocked. There's would, a company would, which is in Zambia. Uh-huh. It's called Joe for Africa. Uh-huh. Uh, they're doing very well, and uh, they've got many branches in Lusaka and in Dola. Uh, those guys, they're actually selling jewelry in Africa. I was actually surprised that Africa can also consume jewelry. But would, would you personally uh, invest in a, in a, in a diamond-coated watch, yeah, yeah, gold-plated? With our culture now, we are not jewelry people. I, I think it's, it's in the Indian community. So you <laughs> notice that Indians, they consume more jewelry than Damn. any other probably than any other rest in, in, in the whole world. So when you f- when you're doing jewelry for sure you'll be targeting an international market. There's no way you're going to target someone in Murewa to buy a ring for three hundred dollars. Yeah. That would be a waste of money for them and they don't even see the value. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So some of the products for sure uh, they are demanded outside better than here. But I think it's always good to try at home as well. Okay, that's interesting. And also I've noticed something from uh, from the movies and the TV that we watch, you know, out there they've got insurance for their rings. So when they buy the expensive jewelries, they've got a, an, an insurance, a negative insurance. Sure, exactly. Always paid up on the month and for their wedding ring, their engagement ring, their jewelry, their diamonds, their whatever. Yeah. Do we also have such services uh, as a consultant? Have you ever dealt uh, no, no. with a company that offers insurance <laughs> I, for jewelry? I haven't. Probably we need, we need to bring an insurer on this show sometime, <laughs> but I haven't personally. <laughs> Because uh, you know us, uh, us is very difficult for us to spend on those things. Like our culture, we never thought that uh, jewelry is a form of. Uh, I think I've had people buying watch a watch for forty thousand dollars, a watch for for eighteen thousand. Mm. I think I had at one point. Uh, is it Floyd Mayweather bragging that this watch is for? Was it eighteen million? Mm. And they're like. Is this guy okay? Well, why should I have a watch for forty thousand? <laughs> why should I have a watch for for all those kind of millions of dollars? So, to them, it's 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 their culture. That's what how they were brought, and jewelry is very essential for their culture. Just like uh, probably they appreciate fruits than us. We only see we only eat fruits when you get into hospitals. Into hospital. That's when you say, no, I need an apple. And you think you're going to gain vitamin. Just, just <laughs> so like that. That's, yeah, that's, very that's true. us. We are told that's that, no, true. eat your salsa, eat your rice, yeah. and uh, probably 
Oh, it's only on a Christmas day or on a wedding day right. where you put your, your coleslaw, your salad. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's also need for re-education of ourselves as a as a culture and also the re-education of uh, our entrepreneurs. Have you not? There's something that always uh, sparks me up with with our entrepreneurs. If I start a business today, if I make some bit of money, the next thing I want to be driving an expensive car. <laughs> when when did we get that? Yeah, I, I I think it's it's because we are we are we are born in in, in uh, it's it's Africa. It's a land of poverty. Mm-hmm. So when you make it, you want it to Dude. be known. <laughs> you know, like I learned a lot when I was in Bulawayo to the extent that sometimes you'd want even to change your wardrobe because you notice a guy who is actually owning five game parks, and at one point he was the one owning about 190 rhinoceros you get what i mean wow. and that guy has got farms which are under 500 hectares and this guy has got a several it's it's, it's trucks but this guy wears his jeans for three days one jean this guy <laughs> wears simple shirt probably twice a day but us as blacks now We now want designer shoes. Oh, of course. You want designer suits. Of course. Of course. You want an expensive office. You want expensive those shiny tables. So it's us. Naturally, mm-hmm. we want and also we, we want good things. There's, there's no problem in wanting good things, but I learned a lot. This guy has got a desk. You see this desk probably is 15 years old or 10 years old, mm-hmm. but they're still using that desk. It's smart. Mm-hmm. Their boardroom is not even fancy. It's mm-hmm. you no know, more chairs. And they're like, but this guy is a multi, multi-million dollar business. He's running a multi-million dollar business. Mm-hmm. If you want a billion, well, mm-hmm. this guy, you're talking of someone who's got investments internationally, mm-hmm. but he's simple, he's inexpensive things, nah, reception, so normal. Not even a logo, which is flashy. Mm-hmm. Something simple, nothing yeah. complicated. So I don't know, it's because of our, probably, I don't know what you think, Steve, but... I think it's the way we were brought to say if I've got something I should make Steve know to us success is no success if Steve doesn't know that I'm yes. successful. So when I'm on, on it uh, when I go to the airport I make sure that you I take pictures take pictures whilst I'm on departure <laughs> and I'll tell you that God is very good and uh, uh, when I'm now in Vic Falls mm-hmm. uh, I have said to myself is it going to be a holiday Are you going to probably have a nice holiday if people are going to take away your phone from you and they'll say you're going to Vic Falls but no phones no allowed phones. there? Yeah, Is it some, going to be some, a holiday? Some people will have a difficult time. <laughs> you know, there, there are people, I, you know, if, if we had those serious uh, crime perpetrators in Zimbabwe like kidnappers and stuff, I think some people would be missing seconds from traveling. We they always share. You know if someone is going to Blawayo exactly. when they when they in Kadoma they would stop take a selfie. You literally know where they where are they what they are they're doing. You can track them. And sometimes literally. you can even track the problems that they're having in their lives. In their lives. Through their statuses, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of our podcast. Do let us know in the comment section what other topics you'd like for us to cover 
for your own convenience and your own uh, benefit and also just to put some fun into it let us know what you would buy if you make your first million in your business what would you buy do let us know in the comments down below otherwise your first I'm ten thousand first ten thousand okay first ten thousand what are you buying what are you buying i'm definitely going for a new phone <laughs> iphone 14 <laughs> an iphone 14 pro max i'm steve i'm jerry see you next time